All right. Well, that's why we're here this morning to celebrate the goodness of God, right? So in a sense, what we celebrate this morning is kind of the culmination of a year and a half of searching for a new pastor. And so uh, it's good to look back and celebrate what God's done and bringing Pastor Oscar to us. But really, we want to look forward to the future because that's where our, our hope and our expectation is. Uh, we have some guests with us this morning. Um, Oscar, all the guys in the district, all the pastors were invited to come, but most of them are fairly busy at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. So uh, <laughs> several of them sent their greetings. Uh, Bob Reed and Seal Beast, Jordan Baker. And uh, last night, I had uh, earlier in the week, I'd asked Pastor Ed Trenner at the uh, Orange Church, retired pastor from our church in Orange, to come and kind of bring an official greeting from the district. And uh, last night I got woke up with my phone ringing at 10 o'clock and uh, Ed was telling me he was in pain and having some difficulties and uh, I urged him to go to urgent care. Uh, Andrew and I prayed with him on the phone and she agreed with me, get your little buns to urgent care ER. So this morning I got a text from him at five minutes to seven. He'd been in the ER for eight hours. And so if you think about Ed this morning, pray for him. So he's not here. But uh, uh, one of our missionaries, Cecil Odell, is here with us this morning. And uh, he's part of our district. Good to have him with us. Richard and Claudia Todd are here with us from Church in Whittier. Unless there's somebody somebody else I'm missing, I don't know. A couple of ladies are with us as guests this morning. They identified themselves as friends of Oscar. So uh, Judith and Monica are here. Uh, At least Monica's from San Diego. I didn't ask Judith that question. But uh, anyway, good, good, uh, good to have you all with us. We stand this morning on the shoulders of 112 years of history. And that's an amazing thing to me, because as I've studied churches and church health and church life in this country, it is incredibly unusual for a, for a church to survive and exist for even 50 years, right? And here we are at 112 years of history. In the year 1900, our first Grace Brethren Church was established in the city of Laverne, where I live, and uh, that church kind of was instrumental in helping to plant what was at the time the first Brethren Church in Los Angeles. Out of that grew what was originally called the Compton Avenue uh, Brethren Church, later Second Brethren. It boggles my mind that anyone in their right mind would choose to change their name to be second. But uh, anyway, they did that back in the, those years. And so these, these years of history have gone by. And uh, Oscar, if you uh, like, in fact, I'm going to give this to you. I found just this week, I found a history of the Second Brethren Church, 1909 to 1953. And a couple of things that I discovered that I didn't know... And this is especially important because Oscar's 25 years of pastoral ministry have largely been invested in planting new churches. And I discovered in 1950, anyone else remember 1950? (laughs) I was was born that year. Uh, In 1950, this church planted a third church in Los Angeles called the Brethren Chapel. And the most fascinating thing about that was that the pastor was an African-American guy. And they planted a church. It didn't last long, but they planted a church in Los Angeles. So our church has a long history of church planting that you can identify with and, and enjoy. 
The other thing that I discovered in here that I did not know, back in the early 50s, there's a picture of a bunch of children in Sunday school. Filipinos, Japanese, Japanese Cecil, Chinese, Hispanic, African Americans, all gathered for worship in our church in the early 1950s. And I just, I, as I was looking at the history and learning some new stuff about our church, um, I'm very proud of our church, by the way. But as I read the history, I was even prouder of some of the things that have been accomplished and, and things that have been done. And so this morning, I have two sermons prepared. I hope none of you have plans for lunch. <laughs> so I, part of my message I want to share uh, with Oscar, and then part of the message is for the rest of us. And so, as you open your Bibles this morning, I want you to begin by coming with me to the book of 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we find some of Paul's words of wisdom and guidance and counsel for the young pastor Timothy. And in these three books, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus, they're oftentimes, oftentimes referred to as the pastoral epistles. Our wisdom, guidance, counsel for pastors and also for the rest of us as we we get to read and and follow along. And so it's in 2 Timothy chapter 4 that Paul says to Timothy and gives him this charge. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of, the, of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And so there's, there's kind of three ideas here, Oscar, that are important to me as, as I've had the privilege to not only be a pastor for 50 years, but to serve here for the last year and a half. There's three things that you need to know about this congregation and what their expectations are. Because it parallels what the Apostle Paul says. And so the first word of instruction, the first word of encouragement is the simple words, preach the word. We're not interested in hearing what the great scholars of history have said, the great preachers of the past, the celebrity pastors of today. We want to hear from who? We want to hear from the Lord. We want to hear. And so, preach the word. And I love the fact that Paul adds the thought, in season, out of season. When should the word be preached? All All the time. When it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, whatever the weather is, whatever the circumstances, preach the word. This church has 112 years of Bible teaching, Bible preaching, the word being preached. I don't know about you, but I'm proud of that. There's a lot of churches that have drifted away from the word of God. There's a lot of churches that were founded solidly on God's word and have drifted, wandered. And Paul's admonition speaks into my heart as I think about this. Preach the word. And he uses words like uh, reprove, uh, rebuke, um, exhort. Those are powerful words. 
And what struck me the most as I was reading this this week again was just a few verses before this at the end of chapter 3. Paul says, all scripture is inspired of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and righteousness that the man or woman, right? Man or woman of God would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I want you to know this morning that that, that's the heart of our new pastor. To equip people for ministry, to train and disciple people. And you're going you're gonna to be hearing a lot more about that in, in the weeks and months ahead. And so he says, preach the word. Nothing more important, right? Nothing more important. Uh, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so we want to continue to be known as a church that's preaching the word of God. The second thing that Paul addresses is he says, do the work of an evangelist. So not only preach the word, but proclaim the gospel. That's why we're here. We're here to announce the good news to a lost world. And I couldn't help but think about this as Maggie was talking to us a little bit about Ukraine this morning. Ukraine has been considered and oftentimes referred to as the Bible Belt of Asia. That part of Europe that kind of bleeds over into Asia. It's the Bible Belt. It's one of the most strongest Christian nations in the world. The Ukraine is sending missionaries out around the world. You think this is a battle of Putin against another country? This is a spiritual battle. It's very deeply a spiritual battle. And there's incredible opportunity for the gospel to go forward during this time. And so as you pray, I trust you're praying for Ukraine. Pray for Christians in Russia. They need prayer too. Pray for non-Christians in Russia that they'd be coming to Christ. Pray that the Christians will have boldness to speak of Jesus. And the same thing in Ukraine. Pray for our Christian brothers and sisters. Because the gospel is being proclaimed through this time. It's a spiritual battle. But that's true here as well in the ministries of our church. That we want the, the gospel to be proclaimed. Proclaim the gospel. Paul says it's the power of God unto salvation. There's nothing else, nothing else that accomplishes our goal of seeing people come to know Jesus. The gospel is the power of God, nothing else. So preach the word, proclaim the gospel, and then the third thought he says, fulfill your ministry. Persevere to the end. That word fulfill has the idea of to bring to completion, to take it all the way to its end conclusion. And it's interesting in that context that Paul uses the word hardship. What is it that causes people to not persevere in the course of anything they pursue in life? Hardship, tough times, difficult times. And hard times come, difficult times come. I don't know if you've experienced any difficulty, any hard times in 25 years of ministry. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing too. Um, but it's in the hard times that you're tempted to quit. It's in the difficult times that you just want to throw in the towel. I've been there more than once. And Paul says, fulfill your ministry. Carry it to the end. And I want you to know this morning in my conversations with Pastor Oscar...
that, that's his heart ambition. That he he kind of has a 20-year plan. Are any of you ready for that? 20-year plan? I don't know if I'll still be here in 20 years. You might, you might have to kind of make that plan work without me. I don't know, but uh, maybe I'll be here. I'll only be 92 in 20 years, so that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But to fulfill your ministry. Preach the word, proclaim the gospel, persevere to the end. And Timothy was a young man. You're not young anymore, sorry. But. <laughs> and so my prayer as I prayed for you, as we prayed over the last many months, is that uh, God would give you the wisdom, the courage, the confidence to lead us where you believe he wants us to go. And so I prepared some questions for you, Oscar, that uh, I want you to respond out loud, loud enough to be heard. Uh, your, your response to uh, a series of questions, your commitments as you become the, the pastor of our church. And so the, I have one, eh, six questions maybe. It's your turn. I'll, they'll get their questions in a few minutes. So, Oscar, do you freely accept the challenges God enables you? Do you affirm your conviction of God's call to serve Him and to serve the, the men and women of this church family? Amen. Will you commit to faithfully preach the whole counsel of God's inerrant word in season and out? Without apology and without compromise. Amen. Will you commit to lead this church by being a personal example to the congregation? Committed to a life of holiness, abstaining from practices that might jeopardize your witness, spending and being spent for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Will you commit to lead this congregation by being a personal gospel witness in your own life? Will you commit yourself to loving this congregation by praying fervently for those Christ purchased with his own blood and has now given you to shepherd in this church? Will you do everything in your power to shepherd this flock by protecting them from false teaching and false teachers? Amen. Thank you. So we have responsibilities as a church family too, right? Scriptures have a high, high standard of, of expectations for us. And in the book of First Thessalonians, in chapter 5, Paul gives these words of instruction that I want you to listen to and I want you to hear this morning. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, Paul writes this, We requested you, brethren... That you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And so there's two big, really big ideas here that I think are important and Paul, Paul begins with this word, I requested you. And it's a word that speaks of asking for a personal favor. And Paul is, is, Paul is saying to the Thessalonians, would you, would you do this for me? This is, this is a personal request. Do this for me. And he gives us instruction as to how we're to respond to our pastor. And one of the things that struck me this week as I was reading this and reflecting on it and preparing for this morning 
is a statistic that I read some time ago that said 1,700 pastors leave the ministry and quit every month. Is that a staggering number? 1,700. Every month. Now you people that are good at math can probably figure out real real quickly, that's more than 20,000 a year. And the, 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 the importance of the kind of relationship that we establish with our pastor is so critical. So critical. And so Paul addresses that in a simple, in, in really very simple ways. The first thing he says that, that I perceive as I reflect on this passage is that we are to recognize or realize our pastor's worth. That our pastor has value as he shepherds and leads this congregation. And so Paul uses the word appreciate. Appreciate your pastor. And I found it kind of fascinating that this word translated appreciate in the original language is really the word to know. Get to know your pastor. Get to know him well. You know, one of the one of the benefits of being a part of a smaller church is that you have the privilege and the opportunity of getting to know your pastor. And unless you've been in a large church of uh, multiple hundreds or even multiple thousands, you, you don't fully appreciate what I just said. There are people in churches all across our country that have never stood face to face and met their pastor. 25 years ago, I'm trying to figure out how to shorten this story down, but 25 years ago, I realized that one of the things that God was calling me to do in my life was to introduce myself to local mortuaries and make myself available to help families that needed someone to help them in that time in their lives. And so for the last 25 plus years, I frequently am officiating funeral services for families I've never met, don't know them, um, get to know them briefly. And I could not begin to recount for you the number of times that I have sat down with a family and discovered that they go to the First Baptist Church in Pomona or they go to Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills. And my, one of my questions has been, so I'm a little confused. You go to church, you, you know, you have pastors there. Why, why am I sitting here with you? I got a call from a mortuary several years ago for a family who lost their daughter in a car accident on the 60 freeway. And uh, I drove down to Chino, sat down with the family, met them, talked with them about the service for their daughter. And in that conversation, they told me they went to church in Laverne. And I said, oh, I live in Laverne. Which church do you go to? Oh, we go to the Grace Church of Laverne. Oh, really? I said, I used to pastor that church. And I know, I know your pastor, Randy. How, how, come, how come Randy's not doing the service for your daughter? Oh, we've only been there four years. We've never met Randy. Well, <laughs> is that staggering to you, Oscar? I, I could not recount to you the number of times I could tell you that story. And so Paul says to you and to me, get to know your pastor. Appreciate who he is. Get to know him. 
And he focuses on three aspects of our pastor's ministry that give him value. Three things that Paul mentions that speak to me as I reflect on this passage. Uh, He talks about labor. Um, Appreciate those who diligently labor among you. That word labor, by the way, is to work yourself to the point of exhaustion. As I've reflected on that this week, preparing for this morning, I started laughing. And how many times people have joked with me about the fact that it must be really cool to only work one day a week. (laughs) Tell me you've never had anybody say that to you. Now, 98% of those people that have said that to me were joking. But I've met people who thought that was true. I really have. And it's just kind of a, a puzzle to me. But Paul says, get to know your pastor. He's, he's laboring among you. And then he says he has worth and value, not only because of his labor, but because of his leadership. It says he has charge over you. That's a military term that has to do with rank and, and order. And our expectation for our pastor ought to be that he's going to lead us, right? We're not asking Pastor Oscar to come and be an employee of the church. We're asking him to come and lead us into the future. What do leaders do? They lead. I knew that was an easy question. (laughs) We expect a leader to make decisions. We expect a leader to make choices about future direction. We expect a leader to give wisdom and direction to where we're headed. We, We need a leader. And that's why, that's why Pastor Oscar's here. Because when we began this search process a year and a half ago, that was at the top of our list. We want a strong leader. And I, I think we found one. I think we have. I know we have. He's going to be a leader. I, one of my bike riding buddies, Don Lawrence, retired professor from Azusa Pacific University, when we, get, when we guys get together and go on our bike rides, usually three or four of us, I just always kind of back away and let Don lead. Because that's kind of his sweet spot. He's the leader. And uh, I can tell you lots of things about Don. I love him a lot. But Don is what I call a spontaneous leader. And so we'll start off on a bike ride. Where do you want to go? I don't know, Don. You know, I just want to ride. I don't care. And so we'll take off, and Don's leading us. And because I'm the fastest, I'm usually in front. And Don will decide to make a right turn when I'm halfway across the street. (laughs) I'll tell you the number of times. But he's a spontaneous leader. We're going to go this direction. We're going to go here. And then he'll change in the middle. We'll do something totally different. Uh, You want a leader who's going to lead. Who's going to give direction that you can follow. And uh, I love Don. I love following him because I never know where we're going to go. God has given us a leader, and that gives him worth and value. He has worth and value because of labor, because of leader, leadership. And then he has value, Paul says, because of the lessons. Part of his task, part of his responsibility. Not only um, to have charge, to be in charge, to give direction. Paul says at the end of verse 12, to give instruction. Our expectation is that he's going to be teaching the word like I've asked him to do. Preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. Uh, He has value. He has worth. Get to know your pastor. 
one of the one of the challenges you have when you first come to a church, and it doesn't matter whether it's a church of our size or whatever size, one of the challenges you have is sitting around with me and Lulu and hearing us talk about people and you don't have a clue who we're talking about. <laughs> you know. You will, in time. You'll get to know faces and names. But it, our task is to get to know our pastor. Get to know him well. And so Paul says not, not only to recognize his worth, but he also says that we're to respect his worth. He says, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Esteem very highly. What does that suggest to you? Hold, hold in high regard. And hopefully as you get to know Oscar, you'll realize that more and more and have high regard. That he's a quality man of God, a quality leader, and uh, I believe God has a great future for us to regard, to esteem him highly. Interestingly, Paul says the result of that is what? Peace. Living peace with one another. Uh, we're going to have a great future as a church. And I would suggest to you that as you get to know Oscar, as you esteem the work that he does in our midst, the most important thing that you can do, I've been telling you this for a year and a half, but it doesn't stop now. The most important thing you can do going forward is what? Pray. Pray for Pastor Oscar. And ask him how you can pray for him. There is nothing more powerful, nothing more significant that you can do in the life of any person. Be they a pastor or not, be they a believer or not, the most powerful, significant thing you can do in the life of anyone is to pray for them. And I would add not only to pray for them, but to pray with them. And I, I've had over the last year and a half several in our church family who have regularly met with me to pray. Um, that, that's just always been an encouragement to me. Always been a positive influence for me that I value a lot. We've had a small group on Sunday mornings before our church service. So meets together and prays for our service. They pray for me. Um, I value that. That's been a huge, huge encouragement and help to me. Um, one of our elders in particular, I think, of, uh, in this regard. Because many times in the last year and a half, different settings, different occasions, he's put his hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. That's powerful. I'll never forget several years ago I was officiating a wedding ceremony and a distant relative of the bride's came up to me after the wedding ceremony, thanked me for the ceremony, and he grabbed me in a bear hug and prayed for me. It was, it was a little unsettling because I had no... Okay, you get it. You know, I didn't know this guy, didn't know who he was, but he, he was a powerful prayer. I was glad to have him pray for me. Wow. So, if you discover that Oscar is not as great a storyteller and communicator as Chuck Swindoll, pray for him. If you discover he's not as outstanding an evangelist as Billy Graham, pray for him. 
If you discover he's not as great of a singer as Josh Groban, pray for him. If you discover he's not as good looking as I am, pray for him. You weren't expecting that, were you? (laughs) So my encouragement to you is to pray. Ask him, how can I pray for you? So I have questions for us as a church family that I want you to respond to just as Oscar responded a few moments ago. Because we're really committing ourselves together. Oscar is committing himself to come and lead us, to teach us, to prepare us for the great future that God has for us. He's committing himself to do that. And we as the church family need to commit ourselves to him, to pray for him, to encourage him, to come alongside. Um, I just believe there's going to be some great stuff. We've been praying for a year and a half that God will give us a new leader and give us a new day in the life of our church. And that's where we're headed. And so these questions are for you, and I'll invite you to respond together uh, to each of these questions. So family of Grace Norwalk, do you freely accept this challenge as God enables you? Will you promise to pray for Pastor Oscar as God moves him into his ministry with us? Yes, I will. Will be good? Will you commit to faithfully attend the preaching of the Word of God in corporate worship and receive the Word, not as the Word of man, but as what it really is, the Word of God? Yes, Yes, I will. Thank you. Will you commit to give sacrificially of your time, your resources, your energies to the work of the church, employing your spiritual gifts for the edification of the church and the exaltation of Jesus Christ? Will you commit to love your pastor, praying for him rather than complaining about him, honoring him as one who labors in word and doctrine for the good of your soul, and recognizing him as the shepherd God has given you? Will you honor your pastor and follow him as he follows Christ, honoring him as Christ's under-shepherd, ordained by God to keep watch over your souls? Will you let him do this with joy and not with groaning? since that would be of no advantage to any of us. Will you commit to lay aside your personal preferences? This one's a tough one now. Listen carefully. Will you commit to lay aside your personal preferences in order to strive for the unity of the church, desiring with all your actions to build up the body while forsaking all gossip, slander, foolish talk, realizing that you will give an account to God for every idle word? Will you commit to self-sacrificially and courageously seek the salvation of the lost by every biblical means and labor to spread the gospel to all peoples? Amen. Thank you. My friend Don, that I mentioned a few moments ago, I was just reflecting on this. He had the opportunity to lead the uh, young adult ministry at his church on an expedition out to Joshua Tree. Anybody been out to Joshua Tree? Beautiful place, really kind of strange out there in the desert. But he had a group of about 30 to 40 uh, young college students, young single adults that uh, they led out there. And uh, because he'd been there multiple times leading groups, rock climbing and so on, he was kind of the designated leader. And... 
They're climbing on top of this big rock formation, and four of the young men in the group decided they were going to go back down another way. They weren't going to stick with the rest of the group. We're going to go do our own thing. And Don and the pastor that was along with them were unable to persuade them of the folly of what they were preparing to go do. Don has led groups there for decades, and he was telling them, there's only one way back down. So when we came up, the other sides are all sheer cliffs. There's only one way down. Well, we're going to find our way down. Well, then an hour later, they had to send someone to go find them. Finally track them down and get them down the correct way. Nothing's more frustrating for a leader than to have people that won't follow. They then announced that we have reservations for dinner at the uh, Pizza Hut. We've ordered pizzas, and we're headed to Pizza Hut. And there was another small group of three or four who said, well, we don't want to go to Pizza Hut. We want to go to Taco Bell or something. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating for a leader than people that won't follow. And so I think this morning we're on the, the cusp of a great future. Um, our search committee has completed their task, and uh, I just want to say thank you to those who served on our search committee. Um, now I'm going to go through a list of names, and I'm going to get lost. Uh, Matthew, our drummer, was part of the uh, search team. Where did Matthew go back here? Um, Tracy Lansing was part of our search team and uh, contributed well to what uh, we accomplished. Uh, Victor Pierce, um, Eddie, Eddie's probably getting food ready for your lunch. I don't see him. Uh, Beck Gonzalez was a part of that. Dave Goodwin, Tim Lansing led our group. Tim, by the way, did a fabulous, phenomenal job leading this committee. Um, I was asked to lead the committee, and I told them I was the wrong guy, and uh, we entrusted that to Tim, and he just did a super, super phenomenal job. So we owe him a, a great debt of gratitude for his leadership and what he contributed to that. So our search committee has completed their job, and they brought Pastor Oscar to us. Uh, we have voted almost unanimously to affirm him as our new pastor. And it's our privilege this morning to gather around him, our church leaders, our elders, our deacons, and to pray and commit him to the Lord. And I'm going to invite Cecil and Richard Todd to come and join me as well. So Oscar, come up here with me. Um, vet. Um, Eddie's not here. Ron, Ron is out of town and Dave is out of town. Tim, can you pass that camera off to somebody else? I need you again. Where's your microphone, Janine? Over here. So Oscar's answered the questions I've asked of him, and you have responded as well, and it's our privilege to uh, commit him to the ministry of our church, commit him to uh, following the Lord Jesus. Um, I've told him a couple of times he's not the senior pastor. Jesus is our senior pastor. We've asked him to come and lead us, and so we come up with this lead pastor thing. That's just one notch below Jesus. You're good with that, right? <laughs> And so we want to pray, and uh, as we lay hands on Oscar, just as they did in the early church, if you know your Bible, that when they appointed deacons in Acts chapter 7, they gathered around those men that had been selected, laid hands and prayed. 
In Acts chapter 13, when the church at Antioch sent out Paul and Barnabas, they did the same. Uh, they fasted. They, we're not going to fast. We're going to feast. Uh, they fasted and uh, laid hands and prayed. And so we want to want to do that together. And I'm going to ask us two or three of these men to pray, and then I'll pray at the end. So maybe that I'll ask you to go first, and then you'll pass the the microphone to Tim and. Let's include, oh, you got a microphone too. Um, so you and Tim and, and Richard, I don't know, all, all of us can pray if we pray briefly, I guess. Yeah. Just pass the microphone around the circle and I'll conclude. Do you have any? No. Oh, I thought it was on. It's green there. Is it green here? Test. Got to be green. A beam has the floor. So, what do we need to do? We hot? Try it now, Beth. Yes. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, we come before you this morning, uh, not only to uh, worship you and praise you, but also to um, just uh, pray for Oscar, pray for this congregation, pray for our future. We put all of those things in your hands as we go forward. Um, we thank you for bringing Oscar to us, Lord. It's been quite a journey, and uh, we know you've been with us every step of the way. He brings a lot of skills to this pastoral position, but more importantly, he brings the gifts that you have given him, that you have anointed him with. We thank you for that. Uh, we know that you're the one that ordains, uh, and we trust that that has already happened in his life as we see what he has done in his past and what he's going to do going forward uh, we put in your hands we ask that you guide us that you not only uh, challenge us but that through those challenges you uh, give us a path that we can follow we know that this church has been here for a long time we pray that um, you will continue to use this church in the manner that you have in the past uh, through the ministries um, that you have blessed us with it's an honor to serve you in this way. It's an honor to have not only Oscar here, but to have him serve you here on this church corner in Norwalk. Um, you brought a, brought him on in a long journey here, all the way from his uh, beginning in Honduras. And um, just thank you for bringing him to us. Uh, I've only known him briefly, Lord, but you've known him all his life, and you've ordained him and brought him here before the creation of of the world and we thank you for that um, I just pray as we go forward that not only will this church unite and uh, rally around him but that will uh, support him that will uh, as uh, Pastor Roy gave us a list of things that we have committed to that you'll help us uh, unite and to carry out all of those plans that you have for us we look uh, towards the future um, we look for your guidance and your blessings in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Father, we just want to take this time to thank you so much for 
the way that you show your love to us. Thank you for showing the love, your love to the family here by bringing uh, Oscar to be your shepherd. And we we pray that you will. Um, this will be the beginning of a, a love relationship between uh, everybody here and Pastor Oscar. Lord, we pray that uh, you will uh, use the church as your servant to take the gospel to the ends of the earth uh, on into the future just like they have for 112 years and Lord thank you so much for that rich his- history and uh, Lord we look forward to having Compass uh, partnering uh, with the church and continuing to do that and so many of the other ministries that have enjoyed the relationship with the church here. so we look forward to that thank you so much in Jesus name God, you are such a faithful God. And uh, God, just as we recall of how you've come along your people in the Old Testament, the New Testament, God, you've, you've heard their prayers. God, you've heard our prayers here this last year. Uh, God, as we've been on this journey that, that you've had us on, and God, we are so grateful that you've led us uh, through all this. And so, God, it's great to stand here this morning and to, uh, to have Pastor Oscar in front of us and uh, with us uh, to lead us to... to uh, to help to bring the gospel to this community. And God, we know that we face uh, such a stronghold of the evil one uh, in, the, in the world around us. But God, you're greater. Uh, you are greater than all things. And you're powerful. And so God, we ask that uh, your spirit would lead uh, Pastor Oscar. God, that we would come around him, that we would be unified. That God, that we would be excited to uh, engage and embark on this journey that you have us on. And uh, God, we're excited for a new day here. And uh, Lord, just ask that you would pave that path, that we would be willing to go down it. And uh, God, I pray that you would protect Pastor Oscar from the evil one, from the temptations of this world, from the attacks of this world. And God, that you would uh, just guide them each day uh, in his personal life, uh, as well as in his uh, role here as our as our shepherd. God, so grateful. It's in your name. Father, we've heard on TV the phrase, I love it when a plan comes together. And Father in heaven today, we hear you saying those words, I love it when a plan comes together, because it is. And we know, Lord, that all things work together for good. And all the humanity and all the human steps that have come together to bring Pastor Oscar here as a partnership with the people here and the people to come that will join the ministry here so we can all say together, Onward Christian Soldiers. Lord, it's always a privilege and joy for us to gather as we do this morning to fellowship together, to lift up our voices in praise, to open our Bibles together. In the midst of that privilege, we're grateful this morning that you're a God who keeps his promises. You're a God who over-delivers on his promises. And we have prayed and prayed for a year and a half that you would bring us a, a leader. You would bring us a man of God. You would bring us a man of vision. You would bring us a man with a heart for lost people. You would bring us a man with a heart to disciple and train and equip people for ministry. And Lord, you've over-delivered And uh, we're grateful this morning. And so together, as uh, pastors, as elders, as church congregation, we agree together and uh, place our hands upon Oscar as a 
symbol of our identification with Him, our support for Him, our encouragement for Him, our prayers for the future going forward. And so we come this morning, Lord, with with expectation, with great expectation of the future that You're going to open up for us. I pray that You would fill fill this place with people who've come to know Jesus, people who now love Jesus who didn't love Him before, people that are prepared and ready to go out and serve, people that are ready to share the gospel with others. Lord, we look forward to a a day like that day back in 1950 when this church reached out and planted that new church in L.A. We look forward to a day when we will do that as well, that we'll have the joy of seeing ministry expand. We'll see the joy of lives being touched and changed for eternity. Uh, Lord, we just have high expectations of what you're going to do because you promised and you over-delivered. And so it's with that that we look forward to the future and we give you thanks for Pastor Oscar, for his life, for his ministry, and we commit him to you and commit ourselves to him to pray for him, to support him, to encourage him. Lord, we look forward to what you're going to accomplish for your glory, for the advance of your kingdom. We look forward to serving King Jesus together in the power of your Holy Spirit. Do that as we wait upon you and trust you as our prayer together. In Jesus' name.
been a great morning. We're going to continue at lunch. Encourage you all to stay. We'll be out here in the courtyard and uh, share the lunchtime together. So do that. Ron has a birthday on Friday. Friday is Ron's birthday. So say happy birthday to Ron. Linda Quintana has a birthday on Saturday, right? So, she won't admit to being a year older, but that, that's okay. So happy birthday to them. Men in your bulletin this morning, you find this insert, Iron Men. We're going to be gathering as men starting on March 8th, every Tuesday night at 6.30, down in the training room. And so if you're committed to walking with Jesus, you're committed to deepening your spiritual life, you're going to want to come along and journey with us. We're going to be studying the book of Joshua together. And uh, look forward to having you come and be there. I've had guys tell me, the group of guys I meet with at 6.30 in the morning is too early. I've eliminated that excuse, right? If you tell me 6.30 at night is too late, we're going to have to deal with that. So come along and uh, be a part of that. It's going to be a great thing. I want to encourage you to pray for your brothers and sisters in Ukraine and in Russia this week. Make that a, a priority on your prayer list to remember them. And let's just conclude uh, and pray for them again this morning. Lord, our hearts are heavy this morning as we read and hear of the news out of the Ukraine. As we hear stories and see pictures, our, our hearts are saddened. And Lord, remind us in the midst of this, this battle that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. That this is indeed as much a spiritual battle as a physical one. And so we want to stand in support of our brothers and sisters. We pray for your protection. We pray for your provision. We pray for your boldness to proclaim the good news of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would quickly bring an end to combat, to fighting. We pray that you would bring peace. But, Lord, even as I pray for that, I recognize that so oftentimes it's in the midst of chaos conflict, trouble, that people are drawn to know Jesus. And so that's our important prayer. The thing that matters the most is that people would be emboldened to share the gospel and that people would be brought to know Jesus as Savior. That's our prayer together. We trust you in the mighty name of Jesus. And so as you go into your week, King Jesus is going to go with you, right? King Jesus is going to walk beside you. He's going to go before you. Ask Him to lead you to somebody this week that needs to know Jesus. Ask Him to lead you to someone this week that you can have a spiritual conversation with that matters. Because He's going to be there right with you to help you, right? All right, let's go have lunch. Two sermons are over.